0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.
1: It ain't the left side for the right side,
0: and it must be the inside. It ain't the left side for the right, right side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of the On the Finside podcast with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fansided Network and FinFanatic.com. We are continuing our position-by-position position breakdown here with the offensive tackle class. And even though this isn't the greatest class as far as top-level talent, it's a really good class at the offensive tackle spot. It, it may not matter that much for the Dolphins, but at a high-level view, when you take a look at it, on the consensus board that I've compiled here, and you can go to Brian, Cat, and NFL on that, um, I combined several big boards here, just updated over the last week, with uh, ESPN, PFF, Daniel Jeremiah, Lance Zerline, Matt Miller, Gil Brandt, Dane Brugler, and CBS. And when you take a look at that list now, you've got Evan Neal as the third overall prospect there. Fourth, you've got Icky Iguanu from NC State. You've got uh, Charles Cross as the 10th player from uh, Mississippi State. You've got Trevor Penning, uh, 21st. You've got uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, 31st. You've got Tyler Smith from uh, Tulsa, 43rd, and Daniel Falele, who we'll talk about in a bit at 62, as well as Abraham Lucas at 77. So this is a very good offensive tackle class. But, Paul, when, when I take a look at this, I'm struggling to see where that really fits in with the Dolphins, who are picking in the third round and the fourth round at 102 and 125.
1: Yeah, it's and not only that, um, I'm not convinced that the Dolphins don't think they can either salvage um, Austin Jackson or uh, Notre Dame. Uh, give it to me. You got it. L-
0: L- L- Liam Eikenberg.
1: Yes, Liam Eikenberg for right tackle or kick Robert Hunt back out, and and I know people are convinced Robert Hunt could be a Pro Bowl right guard. I think Robert Hunt could be a Pro Bowl right guard or right tackle. He's that versatile over there. And I I would be absolutely fine with him kicking back out to tackle and letting Solomon Kinley, Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Robert Jones, all literally just put them in a room, see who walks out, and make him your right guard. Uh, you know, it, and,
0: and that's really the advantage of having Armstead at left tackle and Connor Williams at left guard because it allows you to take those resources and push them over to the right side like we've talked about. And it, with that, when you take a look at this class from a high-level view, and we're going to get to how it relates to the Dolphins here in just a second, but if, you had to t- if the Dolphins were picking in the first round, um, you know, say the middle of the first round, you know who the top four guys are. Evan Neal from Alabama, Icky Iguano from NC state, Charles cross from Mississippi state and Trevor penning from Northern Iowa. If you had to rank those guys one through four, what, what, what would that sound like?
1: Hey, and this is consensus rankings be damned. Yeah. All right. Hey. I'd have Icky Equanu at the top of that pile. I, I really like a lot with Evan Neal, but I don't see the consistent drive at times. I, I see a little bit of plotting at times. And, you know, this is being nitpicky. And it's more so about the fact that I think Iquanu has a higher ceiling than, than Neal does. And so I'd probably go Iquanu. And it's a lot closer for me between Charles Cross. And Evan Neal, then I think it would be on a lot of boards out there. And then Trevor Penning, I love the dude. Like he he needs to be on the right line where they're going to be accepting of a couple of penalties. And I think, given the way Miami drafted this year or sorry, approached the offseason this year, they got some guys with a mean streak. Um, and, and Trevor Penning would be a guy that would fit in, but he's still fourth on this list for me.
0: Yeah, he's still fourth on the list for me, too. And um, Iki Iguanu may go number one overall based on what's been talked about because of that upside and that nasty streak. I've got it really close between the top three guys because I think all three of Evan Neal, Charles Cross, and Iki Iguanu are top 10 players in this draft. Um, Evan Neal is my number one guy because it always goes back for me to I want an offensive tackle to do his job you know back in 2019 Evan Neal was a guard did a great job he was a right tackle in 2020 did a great job in 2021 was even better and so because of that a I see consistency at a high level program and against the best competition so he's my number one because I want that offensive tackle to just do his job, and that's for me what Evan Neal does. Uh, it, but Ike Igwano is a mean, nasty dude. I mean, even I, I'm, I'm shocked when I look at him that he's six four three ten because he has a longer wingspan and longer arms than actually his arm length is the same as Evan Neal, but. His wingspan is two inches bigger than Evan Neal, who is 6'8", 360 pounds, or, or excuse me, 350 pounds. So he's got a lot of upside. But the other part of that, too, is there's a lot of projection with him. He's a mean, nasty guy. And but in pure pass protection sets. He hasn't quite proven himself, and there was a little bit of that with Greg Robinson in 2014, as well as uh, Makai Becton a couple years ago for the Jets. So I I have a little bit more question about him, but I think he is by far the most talented offensive tackle in this class. Charles Cross, when I look at him from Mississippi State, I think he'll go somewhere. He better go somewhere in the top 10 picks because he's a talented player. I think Andre Dillard really screwed him from a couple years ago. Because he was in Mike leach's offense, and he was at Washington State, Andre Dillard when he was selected in in the first round. He hasn't been very good, and uh, Charles cross now uh, coached by Mike leach at Mississippi State, to me has been a lot better and he's a lot better prospect and if if he falls, I think it he falls because there's not a lot of run blocking upside with him um Trevor Penning, yeah I think is a clear fourth and I'll kick it back to you on this. Do you see a little bit of Taylor Lewan and Trevor Penning?
1: No, and I say that in a good way. I see a little bit more um, the tackle version of oh god the belly from last year. Um, went to Denver guard that I loved. Sorry,
0: go oh, uh, quick, Qu- Quinn Miners.
1: Yes, I see a little more of the tackle version of Quinn Miners in Trevor Penning if that makes any kind of sense.
0: Trevor Penning went to the senior bowl and for good and bad reasons, rubbed a lot of people the right way and the wrong way. He beat a he hell was, out of people all week. He was 42. throwing people around and then he went to the combine at six seven three thirty three and put up unbelievable numbers uh, to run a four, eight, nine with a 7.25 three cone drill at that size is unbelievable. And to, Pair that nasty streak with it um, is shocking for what he did, but there's a lot of stiffness in his body too. And that's why I think that he could be somebody that I'm having a hard time projecting him. He could be a top 10 pick. He could fall out of the first round because of that stiffness, but say he does say he he's available early second round, which I don't think will happen. Would you be in favor of the Dolphins trading their first round pick in 2023? No. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But I wanted to ask you about that.
1: No, and I appreciate that. It just, I wouldn't be, and, and, and I don't feel like if Greer moves up, I don't feel like it's going to be for an offensive Tackle or an offensive guard. It's going to be for an explosive player that slides for a linebacker uh, or somebody that
0: scores touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm with you on that. So after we get past the top four guys, the other ones that are, are projected to go somewhere late first round to mid second round are Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan and Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Uh, Bernard Raymond. One thing I need to point out, because you know, I love to talk about arm length is out of the first nine consensus offensive tackle prospects in this draft. Evan Neal, Equanu, Cross, Penning, Raymond, Tyler Smith, Abraham Lucas, Daniel Falele and Nicholas Petite free air. He is the only guy that has under 34 inch arms. That's why I have a problem with him because, and it's not only that, but he's also very raw, 25 25 years old. He's 25 coming into the league and just learned to play offensive line a couple of years ago. So I, he's one of the enigmas in this draft. He could go somewhere in the first round. He could fall all the way down to the third round. Um, and Tyler Smith, too, is one of the more intriguing offensive tackles in this draft because one of the comparisons with him has been, from a developmental perspective, Austin Jackson. Because oh. they have so far to go. The word that I've heard is overhaul with him. And, you know... As far as Tyler Smith is concerned, um, he's got this wide body. He is nasty. He, has, I mean, he is a freak of an athlete. There's no doubt about that. But he had 16 holding calls. Or no, no, excuse me. 16 penalties last year, 12 of which were holding. And Lance Zerline from NFL.com nailed it perfectly that when he is in any sign of trouble, he holds immediately. And yeah, these are Sounds two like guys from teachers. Yeah. From now, a Dolphins perspective.
1: Go ahead. That, don't move on from they, him though. Cause I want to talk about it
0: from a Dolphins perspective. I look at these top six guys and say they don't factor in. If, if Trevor Penning were there at, at the top of the second round, if he happened to fall, I still wouldn't be up for it. Just like you and Raymond and Tyler Smith to me are second round picks may slide into the first because of, you know, they might get pushed up the board, but that's it.
1: Yeah. And, and and Tyler Smith, I hate the Austin Jackson comparison. Uh, I, I really truly do. It's Tyler Smith does commit penalties, but they are, effort and nastiness penalties like and it may be when he's losing a rep but it's still you know he wants so badly to not lose the rep that he'll grab on at times austin jackson god the number of times last year you watch him he's just standing there looking around while everybody else is back around to trying to keep four guys off him with two and it, it's just like oh <laughs> look at that. Hmm. Interesting. Like, and, and like Austin Jackson doesn't see that there's an issue there. Like Austin Jackson's like, Oh, this was nice. I, I didn't not block anybody on this one because there was no one there. Like, and you know, Tyler Smith's going to chase somebody down and beat the living hell out of him. One of the, one of the comparisons I was reading about with him was, I think it said, uh, it was something like, if you want Trevor Penning only a full round later, Tyler Smith's your guy. And
0: kind of agree with it even though he's a little bit raw. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Smith is nasty and that's what he has working against it, it, it working against him and working for him because if you can just tweak some of his technical skills then he's not going to go to that first instinct of holding so often. And I I I think he's going to end up in the first round because the talent level is so high. You're talking about somebody who's six foot five, three hundred and thirty pounds, with elite movement skills, nastiness. A guy I compare him to actually is Andre Smith, who was a top six pick back in the twenty or two thousand nine draft. Um, so after we get past them, there seems to be a little bit of a drop off.
1: Oh no. You're going to talk about Philele.
0: Philele, let's go back to a question I I should have asked you at the beginning of the show. What? Who? who, (laughs) Philele no like that. (laughs) Who is? So I know your player that, that you dislike more than everybody else. Who is a player you like more than everybody else? at the offensive tackle spot this year?
1: I mean, Tyler Smith is definitely one of those guys I really like. Um, and then from there, I really like Zach Tom, but he's gotten a lot of play lately. Um,
0: I would have to say... And, and mean, while you think about that, Zach Tom met with the Dolphins. Yes, he did. and And, and also... We, to, resign I'll, Cam I'll,
1: Tom if you're going to do it. Resign Cam Tom. We get to have a Tom Tom if, offensive if line.
0: If they if they do, he's not going to play tackle. He's going to play center. I'll okay. promise you that. I'll promise you that because it a, a comparison for him is Wade Smith, where he has he has all the parts together except the ability to play. Uh, it, no, it, I'm not going to say he can't play tackle, but I I'm a big size component at offensive tackle, and Zach Tom is an intelligent guy. I mean, he, he has the right strike points at every point when he's playing offensive line. If, if you want to see a just incredible tape of him, watch him play against Jermaine Johnson again uh, uh, for Florida state, because he absolutely shut him down at the offensive tackle spot and projects better as a center. So, yeah. We're going to talk about him a lot more at at the interior offensive line spot. Um, And and some of these guys overlap a little bit. And and one guy that, for me, if he starts falling to the late second, early third round, I'd be interested in the Dolphins trading up for is Abraham Lucas. This is somebody who had 2,200 pass blocking snaps and showed himself to be a much better athlete than a lot of people thought. And if you put him on the right side of the offensive line with Robert Hunt, I don't care where they play, right guard, right tackle. They both have the movement skills and the production and the intelligence to be able to play in this offense together. I I look at him as even in the second or third round, kind of like a Juwan James when healthy type of player where you can just plug and play him.
1: Well, another guy, too, that, that I wanted to mention real quick, because Bernard Raymond gets, gets all the love right now um, for Central Michigan. He, he absolutely does. Uh, he may go in the first round, potentially. But somebody a little bit later on that, that was a lot of fun to watch, if you're watching Raymond's tape, is slide four spots over from him to Luke go, Gotikey key Luke Gaddecke, yeah, absolutely. Um I, I really think if Bernard Raymond wasn't on his team, he'd be projected probably a full round and a half, two rounds higher. It's he is that talented. He he showed a ton of growth. Um, I want to say he only had seven pressures allowed in twenty twenty one. And it it's his his footwork was phenomenal. Um He's able to work really well in the outside zone scheme, which is huge. And, and I think his power is okay. And it's something that he can improve upon. And, and really with that, the fact that he's still learning to play the position because he entered college as a tight end, I believe. Um, there's really a lot to to like about the kid. And you don't hear about him because the second you mentioned central Michigan and offensive tackle, everyone's like, Oh, Bernard Raymond. And, it's funny. I, I think I like his upside better than I like Raymond's in the long term.
0: Yeah. Uh, six, five, 310 pounds with tackle guard versatility, Luke Geticky. And a lot of people think his best position might be center. You can see the immediate hand movement and the intelligence as, as soon as the ball is snapped. So he's somebody, I mean, even at 102. I might consider, I yep. mean, if, 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 if I'm making a board for the 102nd and 125th pick, Luke Gettigy is going to be on it somewhere there. There's no doubt about that. Um, and going back to the offensive tackle, pure spots, there's also a lot of guys I don't like. I mean,
1: <laughs> Daniel Falele. There's one I big mean, one right in the middle of that friggin' list. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Right. Daniel 6'8", uh, 390 Ugh. is unacceptable. And Paul likes fat guys.
1: I wanted to like him so freaking bad. Like anybody that's listened to this show, if, if you stand 6'7", or above and 350 and up, I'm going to try to like you. I really am. Like, but it's just, he plays, he plays like he thinks in slow motion There's just so many moments where you just see him. Oh no! There he goes. Like he's like the ogre from Mickey and the Beanstalk.
0: Yeah, I I, I compare him to Andre the Giant. I mean, anybody want a peanut? Like I mean, and I love Andre the Giant. Just a but, but he is like it'd be one thing if and a comparison that I see a lot with him is Orlando Brown. And I throw up when I see that because Orlando Brown was a great offensive tackle. He was giant and people didn't think it projected to the next level. I, I, I have to admit, I, I thought the same thing at the time, but he was an elite offensive tackle in college. Daniel Falele is 6'8", 390. I mean, he's a fat ass that that's it.
1: He, he, he might be Orlando Brown. If Orlando Brown was stuck in quicksand with a blindfold, this is finally one player. Paul and I agree with a oh, thousand percent. Like and it's, it's look, you may be able to take and turn him into a powerful enough dominant tackle with four years of good teaching. Maybe. I don't gamble that for a player that's going to go as high as he's going to, and somebody's going to take that early gamble on six, eight, three hundred eighty-five pounds. Someone's going to take that gamble, and I sure as hell hope it's not us. Yeah, if we trade up for him, that's when you're going to see me get pissed. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm with you on that. And, but three players I do like, and more. On day three, not not uh, not day two. So more with the Dolphins, fourth-round pick at 125. There, there are also players alike. One of them is uh, uh, Derry Rosenthal from uh, Kentucky. And this is somebody who, when you watch him on tape, number 51 for Kentucky, looks like a tight end, but he has long arms and he plays with unusual strength. Watch him on that. Um, he was... Went to LSU for a couple of years. He uh, transferred after a couple of problems. Uh, I'm not sure if he was dismissed, but, you know, he's got some, got some issues. Um, Also, Rasheed Wallace from uh, Rasheed Wallace, Rasheed Walker from uh, Penn State. Um, This guy is a former four-star athlete. And he looks every bit the part he was actually my comparison to Austin Jackson and not in a bad way, because if Austin Jackson was the hundred and second pick in the 2020 draft, I would have been perfectly happy with that selection because I thought it would have been worth the risk. He looks the part, he gets his arms up quickly and he is violent when he does get his arms up. He's just so inconsistent and has so many rough edges that it's, it's, it's hard to tell if he's going to be a boomer or a bust. But I think that's worth the risk there at pick 102. And also off the field, he is Debo from Friday. I mean, this, ah. is, somebody, this is somebody who <laughs> didn't feel like walking to class in 2018. This is from uh, Dane Brugler's uh, draft guide from The Athletic. He didn't feel like walking to class so he stole somebody's bike and <laughs> his my bike, bike to class <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's funny or a red flag but talented <laughs> on the field no doubt about that and this past year also James Franklin Penn State's coach said publicly that he's never seen a player improve so much from year to year so okay.
1: Cat, I'm glad you wanted to talk about Spencer Burford from the University of Texas,
0: San Antonio. I don't mind him either. He is a
1: trade space dude. He is basically the later round version of Nicholas Petit Frere. He's mean. He's nasty. He's a hell of a run back blocker, but he can also drop his hips and set and pass protection and really get some drive. And one thing that I would urge folks, if you're going to look at the offensive tackle class, whether you agree with cat, whether you agree with me, whether you agree with both of us or neither of us, if the guy's not a good run blocker, he's not a good fit for a Mike McDaniel offense. So,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll go a step further. If he's not athletic, he's not a good fit for this offense. And, to that point, uh, uh, Kellen Deesh from yes. Arizona State, I, I I really like because he looks like a tight end and he needs to add weight. But you know, somebody that has that athleticism and that arm length at six seven three or four and has been productive in college. I mean, if he's there in that fourth round area and it, you can get him in there to get some extra bodies at the, at the offensive tackle position and take the rest of the resources and bring them further into the guard center position, I'd be certainly with that as well.
1: I want Spencer Burford in Miami, and I want the first week of practice, him to get in an absolute knockdown brawl with either Christian Wilkins or Zach Sealer like have to be separated, show up on NFL network. Dolphins are beating the hell out of each other at camp. I want that. I want it bad because this offensive line needs some nasty. After watching guys just stand around last year, I want to see the offensive line and the defensive line. Just just early in camp, have one fight. One good, just beat the crap
0: out of each other fight. Uh, I don't want any fighting in, in camp. I know. Uh, b- between two douchebags, but yes, that's just me. Uh, in in chat, uh, somebody mentioned uh, Luke Luca uh, Tenuto from uh, Virginia Tech. He is somebody who is 6'9", but does not have thirty three inch arms. How is that possible? Like, who were your parents? He's a T Rex. Seriously, he's a T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> And he came. He had the nerve to come out of college early, um, but he's not. A, he's going to be a draftable player too, and, and that's that's what it comes down to with uh, with these players here in, in day three that we're going to be looking at. And the Dolphins are likely going to be, or you would think, are going to get some extra picks here, or maybe not. I mean, so Paul. One question I've just been pondering over the last couple of days is would you rather the Dolphins trade up for one player or would you rather have them trade back down from pick 102 to stockpile like an extra sixth round pick or a seventh round pick this year to have like a beefier third day? That's that's a tough question because
1: who are they trading up for? Like was Troy Anderson still on the board at 102 cuz i don't i don't want to pass him by uh if he's there was Calvin Austin III still there at 102 mm. don't know if i want to pass him by and you know so i'm i'm so much in that camp of 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 letting the situation dictate and it's, it, it's very easy for us to say when we've got you know the, the third overall pick, like, would you trade down or would you try to come up? Like, yeah, if I – yeah, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Trade down, accumulate a couple of picks, still take this guy because he's definitely going to be there. But at 102, whew, I can't tell you what that draft board is going to look like then for, for for certain because there's a lot of variables even with two weeks left to go.
0: Yeah. I mean, one guy I would certainly trade up for if he fell late second, early third is, is Abraham Lucas, because I think there's a decent probability that he gets inserted immediately at right tackle and plays at an above average level at a rookie contract. And when you look at his production, there, Washington state, I, I think it makes a lot of sense, but there's not a lot of other guys, so well, and
1: one one guy that uh, that uh, Brett Dodger brought up in chat was uh, I think he said Cat must like Matt. Well,
0: let's go. yeah, man, eighty six Dodger, man, baby, let's Grant go, Brett Dodger. You are reading my mind, and it's not just because of the wingspan, but because I like players who are in college who are come from a lower level of competition are thin have a wide wingspan, and they can add weight. So if you get him into that 6'7", 330-pound range with an 86-inch wingspan and good film, absolutely 100%. And fourth round may be a little bit too rich, but if, if you're talking about anything below that, 100%. Um, anybody else? One guy from Yukon who had a Pro Day shirtless the other day, was Ryan Van DeMarc. And he's somebody who's very thin in the lower body, but, you know, 6'6", six, 3'10". Six, he is you a know, hell of a
1: lot of fun to watch. He's got tremendous upside. I think he's going to potentially need some development time, but he, he's been one of those guys. Like, UConn, man, I keep... I, We have have this conversation every year, Kat. UConn sends some solid players to the NFL. And, you know, we've got one on the Dolphins. Uh, Travis Jones is coming out this year. Like, you start looking around, it's like, oh, wow, there's a lot of them out there. And he could be somebody that could step in fairly early on, but I think he's going to need a few weeks during the season before he takes over a role. So he might be a guy that if you're going to keep Austin Jackson at right tackle to start the year, with, with Robert Hunt at right guard. He's probably going to take over Frost and Jackson after Mike McDaniel watches him watch the game from the field. Yeah. Man. Now, if Braxton Jones could get a little bit stronger, he'd be a hell of a lot of fun to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: he, he needs to develop in the weight room, just like Larnell Coleman's another one that, could be interesting and you know what there was there were rumors last year before he got hurt early about them working him at center so Lar- larnell coleman right now is probably our second center on the roster yeah
0: and, that, that was probably uh lamiel uh, jean pierre who suggested putting a six foot seven center who would never played the position at that at that spot
1: now if you want to put daniel Falele at center because where he doesn't have to <laughs> chase people, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Daniel Dan, Dan, Dan Snap, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Also, too, I'm not sure if we we've we brought him up yet, but Max Mitchell from Louisiana, we have um, I've he blew it for me. He blew it at the Senior Bowl even though he'd been a productive player, but the player you may want to ask about him is Robert Hunt because, you know, he and Robert Hunt were teammates. So if, if and, and Robert Hunt, I, I would hope has that clout where he can be asked about that because, you know, Max Mitchell was a productive player at Louisiana, but unfortunately he didn't test out well athletically and he didn't do well at the senior bowl. So his stock has gone. I mean, he was a top forty player on Daniel Jeremiah's big board before the Senior Bowl, and now he's more thought of le- of like a fifth or a 6th round pick.
1: Yeah, no, sorry, it's it's all I can think of. I'm still on Falelei, dude. I'm still on Falelei. All I can think of is the movie Hot Fuzz and the character the the actor that played the hound in Game of Thrones play played this character. In, in hot fuzz, and all he said was yarp and narp, and like he was just this big dumb idiot. That the way they that he finally took him out was he threw a teddy bar, he's like, Oh, uh, like, and that's I, I just I can't pick like I watch filele play, and that's how he plays football. And I know yeah. I know it's yeah, he, he is to
0: say. it's he just, comes out of his stance uh, so tall, even for being six foot eight, and he does and it just in time for the next snap. And my comparison for him has always been zach banner who was a third round pick from usc a couple of years ago um he was just so massive that he was useless and he hasn't done anything in the nfl so i think that's going to be flailing and and i'm shocked to see him in the second round of mock drafts well like what's wrong with you people if he actually
1: gets his hands on you Like, if you're just dumb and slow enough and not paying attention and let him grab you, you're done at that point. Like, I will give him that. Like, if some idiot wants to stand there and try to bull rush him, good luck. But anything else, you're just watching him grab air.
0: Yep. He is not a physical player for being 6'8, 3'90. He's new to football, but I I don't think he's going to be very good at it. So, that's going to do it here for our breakdown of the offensive tackle class. Be sure to join us tomorrow night when we talk about the interior offensive line class on Brian Cat NFL, Paul's Fanatic underscore pick. Uh, be sure to join us as well on the finfanatic.com website and the fan sided network as well. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?